0: Hi, welcome to episode 482 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and when I can't think of anything funny to say about myself, I just sniff glue. Today it's Fantastic Four, Volume 3, Number 53, a.k.a. Fantastic Four, 482, from May, 2002. The Fire This Time, plot by Rafael Marin and Carlos Pacheco, Dialogue by Karl Kessel and art by Mark Fagley. In 1945, Adolf Hitler is being burnt to a crisp by the Human Torch. No, not that Human Torch. The original Human Torch. Torch's young sidekick, and we all know what that means, is the only one to witness this momentous event, except for a young girl hiding in the shadows. After the Human Torch and Toro leave, she runs past a group of Nazis and Russians fighting with each other, and rejoins the rest of her fellow captives, children who were captured by the Nazis in a flashback two issues ago. The kids escape on foot, and they later come to a decision to never trust humans ever again. But who can blame them? I've made the same decision in my life. They agree that when they grow up, they will infiltrate the power structure of the world to ensure that they will never be subjected ever again. Hey, I have been trying the same thing without much success. They will use their special powers to manipulate others. And we see as they use their powers, they all have glowing yellow eyes. And they split up and they go off into the world. And back in the present day, in the year 2002, Dr. Doom has arrived at the United Nations building to announce that Latveria will grant asylum to the royal family of the Inhumans, who want to live on Earth again, but nobody wants them. Doom takes the podium from Reed Richards and announces that he, unlike Reed, is in favor of a protective energy shield surrounding the Earth. He's also in favor of finding all dangerous extraterrestrials and dealing with them. Note that he stated that he's only looking for dangerous aliens, and not all aliens. So that sounds reasonable. How can Reed disagree with that? Doctor Doom points out, which Reed should have done, that the Inhumans are not aliens, they are from Earth, and they just want to return home. They're like gypsies! And he can relate to gypsies, having grown up as one. Reed is thinking that Doctor Doom is an excellent speaker, but then again, so was Hitler. So Dr. Doom wants to protect Earth from alien invaders, and Reed does not. Reed is coming across as quite a pussy in this storyline. Next, we rejoin Franklin Richards back in his new boarding school, the Stern Academy, and he overhears some of the teachers talking shit about aliens, and he doesn't like it. I don't know why. It's not like he and his family have had good experiences with aliens. He also overhears some of the other kids bad-mouthing the Fantastic Four... ...saying that the FF have only attracted alien invaders to our world. Franklin points out that the FF have saved the world from Galactus many times. The other kids don't know that Franklin Richards is the son of Reed and Sue Richards... ...and they wonder why the FF don't kill the bad aliens instead of always allowing them to escape. Franklin says, You can't just go around killing people you don't like. Even bad aliens. You know, I'm a pretty liberal guy. But if any aliens attack Earth... I say, we should kill him. This is one of the biggest problems with serialized nature of comic books. Superheroes always have to let the bad guys go, so they can come back in future issues. After all the bad stuff that the Joker has done, for example, all the people he's murdered, Batman should just kill him already. So this one kid, Billy, calls Franklin a freak lover. And Franklin replies, so does that mean I love you, Billy? I don't think that response is going to make him any more popular with the kids. Franklin tries to walk away, but Billy grabs him, looking for a fight. But this other kid, a weird-looking young lad named Robert Herbert Marks III, breaks up the fight, suggesting that they settle their differences by seeing who can get the highest score in Tomb Raider. Shit, you're the other new weird kid, Billy says. You two deserve each other. Have fun, girls. And he storms off. Franklin and Robbie introduced themselves to each other, and Franklin seems like he has a new friend. But Robbie looks... He totally looks like a little psycho. I don't think this friendship is going to work out too well. So back with the Inhumans at the Baxter Building, they have a decision to make. Should they move to Latveria as guests of Doctor Doom? I wonder what Latverian laws are on are curbing your dog. Because if they have to pick up after Lockjaw's shit, that would be a real deal-breaker. Sue suggests that they wait a while until the world's anti-inhuman hysteria dies down. Reed is talking to them over the communicator and says that he he doesn't really like the fact that Sue is going to have a baby in this kind of environment. And next he mentions that he's having trouble getting in touch with Ben Grimm. Reed finishes up with his call and he's in the fantastic flying bathtub flying over the city and he looks down and is dismayed to see all the people with the anti-alien and anti-inhuman signs. The Inhumans should seriously consider rebranding themselves. Of course a, people of, a group of people with a name like the Inhumans are not going to be widely accepted by the general population. So Johnny Storm arrives back at the Baxter building and tells Crystal they better not hug because he's having trouble keeping his flames under control. Not to mention the fact that he's wearing a skin-tight uniform. If he hugged Crystal, her entire family would be able to see how happy that would make him. The lights suddenly go off And Sue looks at the systems and says that the defense systems are down, too. Someone is interfering with them from the inside of the building. Johnny points out that with the defense systems down, the angry mob of people outside might be able to get in. And next, we see the angry mob of people breaking down the front doors. And to make matters worse, a guardsman appears on the screen, one of a group of armored goons who work for the U.S. government, And he says that the Guardsmen have secured the building from above, and the U.S. government demands full cooperation and the surrender of all inhumans. For their own protection, of course. I bet the Vice President told him to say that. Karnak says, Let them come. Let them try to take us. They will break long before we do. Crystal says that if they fight back, it might make them look even more like monsters. But they don't have time to debate what to do next, as a group of Guardsmen bust through the wall. Sue tries to hold them back with a force field, but she suddenly collapses in pain, saying, The baby! Something's wrong! Need! Need! A miscarriage? That's what she needs. My least favorite comic book character is in that fat belly of hers. Meanwhile, at the prison for supervillains called The Vault, Reed Richards is visiting and chatting with some kind of army guy in charge. The army guy is bragging about how strong The Vault is, and Reed lays into him, saying... If you insist on continuing this pogrom against non-humans, there will be no winners. I don't know what a pogrom is. Is that anything like a program, I wonder? Did I mention the editor of this issue is Tom Brevort? Good job, Tom. I guess I should also mention that this guy is now one of the top guys at Marvel. Makes sense. Makes sense. I think at this point I can start bitching about how all the people in charge at 21st Century Marvel all kind of suck. The army guy... Shouldn't they have told us who this army guy is, by the way? An older comic would have properly introduced this guy from the moment he first appeared. So all I can do is call him the army guy. The vault guy tells Reed that if he continues to be uncooperative, he could be labeled as a national security threat, or possibly an alien collaborator. Now, Reed has a headquarters in the middle of the most heavily populated city in America, attracting supervillain after supervillain to the city. He's already a national security threat. Reed once saved the life of Galactus. He's already an alien collaborator. The army guy says that Reed could end up like his friend. And Reed's like, My friend? And next, we see that Ben Grimm, in his human form, not able to turn into the thing, is trapped in some kind of cell, but banging on the walls, yelling to be let out. From the other side of one-way glass is that woman, Cinso and a couple of other guys. They all have glowing yellow eyes, clearly part of the kids that were captured by Nazis in the 1940s. One of the guys tells Senso that the guardsmen have breached the Baxter Building's perimeter. Senso says, At last, the endgame. First, the Fantastic Four will fall, then finally, the accursed Inhumans. I kind of thought the kids were Inhumans, so I'm not sure why they have a stick up their butts about the Inhumans, but on the next page... She gives an explanation for her plans. With the royal family being hunted and hounded, this puts them in danger, too. She's worried about people hunting down anyone with DNA of an inhuman. And so and her pals are hybrids, part human, part inhuman, and they're worried about being enslaved again. The other guys don't seem to be paying attention to her, and she wonders if they're bored. They say they're not bored and tell her to look behind her, and she turns just as a big, rocky-orange arm comes busting through the wall. Ben says, "'Ain't a wall made that can hold back the Thing!' Her eyes start to glow as she tries to use her powers on the Thing. And back with Reed and the Army General, he seems bored as well, but nope, it turns out he's in some kind of trance. Reed realizes that it's some kind of mind control, and Reed hears someone enter the room and turns, and it's Sinso. We'd ask her who she is, and she says that she's a villainous mastermind. I like the fact that she owns it. Most villainous masterminds try to pretend like they're something they're not. For example, Ted Cruz. Sinso says that she wants to destroy the Fantastic Four because they're all that stand between her and world domination. Isn't she forgetting the Avengers, the X-Men, and a whole bunch of other superheroes that she would have to defeat on her path to world domination as well? She mentions that she placed a device in the Baxter Building that would disrupt the building's security systems. And now, Reed's wife is under siege even as they speak. If Sue's hurt, Reed says as he leaps towards Sinso, but she zaps him with her powers. And back at the Baxter Building, the Inhumans are fighting the Guardsmen, while Johnny tends to Sue, asking her if she's going into labor. Sue replies that it's more like the time before, when she had a miscarriage... Oh, please don't tease us like that. Crystal looks at Johnny and asks what they can do. Johnny flames on and says, He screwed up his relationship with Crystal. He screwed up his chance to be a movie star. He even can't control his own flame. But he's not going to screw up the chance to save his sister. And he flies off, saying, I'm going to find someone who can save her. And I don't care if it's the devil himself. Making deals with the devil? Who does Johnny Storm think he is? Spider-Man? Coming next time, can Reed and Ben escape from the clutches of Sinso? Really, Sinso. I'm sure they can. Will the Inhumans beat the Guardsmen? Uh, a bunch of losers in armor. Of course they will. And will Johnny find someone to save his sister? Uh, yeah. And will they save Sue's baby? Oh, yeah. It all happens next time, in the final issue of the Carlos Pacheco-Raphael Marin run. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Check out some of my favorite panels from each issue at www.podcastff.blogspot.com. And you can download other episodes at iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over.